everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to What They Don't Ask. I'm Allie. And I'm Daniel. And, and you are, we are... <laughs> and, and you're about to listen to the second half of Rachel's episode with us. And really, it's it's all of us in this episode. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Very collaborative. I loved this conversation. Yeah. I remember getting to the end of it and feeling like all of the light bulbs in my brain were turned on. Yeah. In so cathartic. I actually am just getting chills <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was. It was extremely cathartic. Yeah. Very electric by the end of it. It's always so... You never know how you're going to feel after a conversation about grief. Mm. Um, but something that, I don't know, something I've found in this experience is that, man, more often than not, after I've had a really deep conversation about loss, I just feel so good. Mm. Yep. I feel the same way. So if you're grieving and you're not having conversations with other people, find someone you trust buy him a coffee, <laughs> sit down <laughs> in a, in a like little cozy corner where nobody, not as many people can see you and like cry and talk about your grief because it is so nice. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a big part of how this all started between me and Allie. Yes. So mm-hmm. that exact thing, just mm-hmm. meeting up yep. and talking and Talking crying. about grief and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right. Well, without further ado, here we go. Your shirt that you're wearing is the. Oh my! Yeah. Yep. The, yep. the cover of your LP that you wrote about your mom. Yeah. Oh right. wow. Yeah. Did you wear that on purpose? I I Was did not. I I honestly <laughs> I swear I didn't wear this. But I'm self promoting right now. Sure, I'll yeah. do it. I thought uh, maybe subconsciously mom. though. Maybe your mom. Yeah. yeah. It could have very like well been staring at the shirt the whole time, just yeah. like. Oh, I remember yeah. listening to those songs. Uh huh. And my dad hadn't died yet. And I, but I remember it was maybe like two months before yeah. that you released that that little that was like what three songs mm-hmm. yeah and I remember just crying and yeah. laying but I remember oh the I remember hearing your sadness come through the songs and visibility of my own emotions was such like an abstract terrifying concept mm. but like being in the presence of your sadness and grief felt so profound. Um, but like, this is very specific to you, but like, what was the experience like for you to put the sadness out in like such a explicit way? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I recently like had to write the lyrics out and then to, perform them like right like, yeah yeah which yeah. actually i kind of like just zone out during yeah. a performance yeah. but writing them writing the lyrics out i was like god these are pretty gnarly it's like yeah and uh-huh. um so if, if I mean, if I, you I'm ever, gonna have to look yeah, it up. You're yeah. gonna yeah. i'm gonna have to um, like cry all the way back you're home. definitely <laughs> like, gonna cry all the way home <laughs> just prepare um so beautiful because it, it, it was definitely kind of this the 
lyrics aren't very poetic. It's more like almost like a journal in yeah. a way um, of how it happened. And um, I think I, I was, it's kind of a lengthy story. I'll try to keep it short, but in therapy, I, mm -hmm. so the reason I started playing guitar is because I found, I like refound this love for it that it wasn't really like, um, like as a child, I wanted to play guitar, but it was never like give the opportunity wasn't given to me like as right. I asked for it. And so I was like, well, I'm just gonna hit these drum things and see if I can do this. <laughs> and so, um, but uh, in therapy, I had started six months before my mom died. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started just like messing around on songs, making like just some ideas. And then, uh, and then my mom died. And um, so, yeah, the From the Outside, I don't know if you remember that song, but it, um, that was the first song I, I had ever finished. And wow. it's, wow. it's not, it's like an A and a B part and that's it. Like right. there's no like verse, chorus, bridge, no, you know, it's, it's like really simple. Of conscious. Yeah. Stream of conscious for sure. Right. Very raw. And, um, but it was just like super cathartic yeah. to put these very normal words mm -hmm. to like music that I thought was just pretty. And, mm -hmm. and these very like painful, like, even like mean words, I would say like, like some of the lyrics are really mean. Mm -hmm. And like, to, there's a song to my dad and, and I don't feel that way about my dad anymore. The lyrics that are in that song, right. but in the time, it's like what I needed to say yeah. and releasing it, I was just like incredibly nervous just like of what people were going to think and oh, say gosh. and yeah totally. and what my family was going to think my brother like Ugh. got very upset about it at one point and oh, man. um but yeah it's like i just yeah that was at a time i just wanted everybody to hear it and see it and like yeah. this is what it fucking is like you know, and i'm fucking and, sad yeah Please right see how sad i am yeah and validate this like intense pain I feel right yeah. right and so it, writing was writing the lyrics and the music was just super cathartic yeah. and it was just something that I felt like I wanted to do I actually don't like sometimes I look back and think like did I need to release those songs but I think in that time I just did sure. I just felt like I just wanted people to see it see the yeah. pain and yeah Oh, I'm, I think for the people who listened to the music, it was such a gift because like conversations like these, like the visceral intensity of grief doesn't get shared. No, right. It gets internalized and our bodies metabolize it and it becomes generalized anxiety. It becomes right. depression. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It yep. becomes bad decisions. It becomes yep. like calling out sick at your job all uh, whatever it is like yeah it becomes dysfunction yeah. yeah when it's really just like such i think grief um i think there's like dirty pain 
I've heard the concept mm. of them. I've from, heard it's from a book from uh, I think it's called My Grandmother's Hands, and I'm gonna have to like put the author's name somewhere. But um, like, there's the concept of like dirty pain and clean pain. Mm -hmm. I think grief is really clean pain for me, mm. where like it's just such an honest experience of like my body and my spirit is taking on this sorrow that is exactly how I am supposed to feel. Mm. Mm. Like the tears ache yeah everything felt this is a religious term but it applies it, I feel like it applies for me but like it felt very holy okay. the sadness like I not to cut you up but can we go to that area sure. if we have time like yeah religion yeah and I, and I, I did have just one more thing I want to say about like the the totally. music side of things but keep going yeah but just like I feel like yeah, there's something, there's some aspects of grief that are very, um, and I don't mean clean and like not messy because grief totally makes the rest of life messy, but like it's a type of pain that we try to hide and avoid mm -hmm. and internalize some shame about. But really, I think that like grieving someone you love, that's like the, the honoring and the acceptance of the burden of love is the consequence of love is sorrow right mm. yeah i don't know maybe that doesn't resonate no no no. i'm listening i think i i, I uh it is resonating like perfectly yeah uh i think where like if i have a pause on my face it's that notion of like clean pain dirty pain like my therapist like definitely used those yeah. words with me mm. Yeah, and sure. my problem was, as I've said, I, w I went into a hearty, no, I'm just fine, like, phase. Mm. And in that made my pain very, very unclean mm. <laughs> because mm. I decided to put it into other things or yeah. um, wouldn't know how to seek support for it. Like, mm. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't know, like, it wasn't a natural experience for me based on how I was raised and how my family works together where we just start, sure. like, everybody's like an artist and a writer and, like, emotional yeah. like it's yeah. like, that's all there but like the primary emotion is anger like you must first like whatever you're feeling angry first mm. and like sure. um and like it was never like we're not, i'm not talking like an abusive situation but it was sure. just like a, a yelly situation yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody was very including myself like just yeah. like very yelly um and like that was just your primary emotion was mm -hmm. that yeah. and so if you're if you've got like this cross contamination then of like mm -hmm. a very nice pain that is the product of having lost something very profound. Yeah. But then if you decide to say like, but I'm fine, that pain gets really dirty really fast. So that's yes. like the only thing that I'm sort of yes. sitting with over here is just like, totally. yeah, I agree that that pain when you truly let it out sure. is so clean and people around you are peaceful hearing it. Like people around yeah. you can be very at peace watching you be in pain but it's like when you're angry or like acting out or making destructive sure. choices great way to feel very alone because yeah, like right. that's like very totally. difficult to even right. see because you're like mm -hmm. i gotta let you hash this out like it's like the most humane thing you could do to somebody who's doing that is like yeah. Mm, yeah. that must be something yeah yeah totally yeah i think yeah I'm, I'm hearing you for sure like i think grief has the is in the realm of clean pain mm -hmm. but it's so hard. Oh, like like yeah. you're, you're saying like grief is clean pain, but yes. if you don't 
process it in a healthy manner, it yeah. becomes you ignore it like yeah. dirty, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. it gets really unclean, right. and right. then like, sure. and then it will, right. it'll make you immediately unsympathetic, right. even to people who know you're going through a hard time. Like, it'll yeah. make you immediately unsympathetic. It's that 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 liquid gathering some bacteria yeah, exactly. on it, and and it's yeah. not so it's not full flowing my cup out. Like, oh, yeah. Away. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Um, back to your music. Oh After yeah, I, I just I just wanted to say that like, our part of the reason I wanted to release it and share it with others is because I did want people to feel like they could come and talk about it and process it right. and get yeah and, and like that was that because at that time I think I'm a little more hesitant now with who I will share the pain sure. with yeah. yeah. Um, but then I was like, anybody, everybody, come, like, yeah. let's talk about it. And um, I think releasing it, I wanted to say, it's okay to, like, say this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's it's okay to wonder, have these questions, and, yeah. and, yeah. And, and hard questions. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, yeah, just, like, like, giving people... I don't know. I I I'm, I don't feel like I'm the person who allows people to feel that stuff. But just to say like, hey, I did it. Like, yeah. you can do it too. Yeah. It's like like part of it. Yeah, yeah, like wanting to be an example of. Yeah. It's okay to let it be a little messy. It's okay. Right. To have yeah. Really, right. Really. Right. Huge, horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts and questions in your mind. Yes. Right. To let people know what those are. Yeah, and to and to get them get out, out, verbalize them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because if they will, if and like verbalizing is like literally like, you know, like yeah. the exhalation of yeah. of these words is like, I don't know, I I don't know what it does scientifically, but it helps, helps me. Yeah, yeah, right. And like tears, oh, I know, yeah. like the science behind tears, like literal stress hormones are. Like leaving your body <laughs> and your body gets to relax after yeah. that. Mm. It's like, it's so healthy to allow yourself to, and even and even getting angry. Yeah, like, to an extent. Yeah, it's it's healthy. It's it's okay to let yourself feel Anger it. Anger is a, such a scary emotion because it is so necessary. I find it so, so unscary. Like it was unwieldy. so normal. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. I'm like, See, I'm like, why me, are you upset? Like, I'm I just gonna the, yell this out. And it's gonna be fine. I was like, the opposite uh, scenario. I was the opposite milieu of like anything but angry. Right. Mm. Only tranquility. There is no option for upset. Like, y- you need to be fine. And um, losing my losing my dad, like my family dynamic. I, I even thinking now, I'm like, I can't even remember what it was. Give time. But like. The rest of my life, like everything with family was tranquility at all costs, mm-hmm. peace, to, peace mm-hmm. at all costs. So anger for me is like a terrifying emotion, but so necessary and, yeah. and, health, and healthy when it becomes your friend. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So how, how did, like you wanted to discuss further like religion. Yeah, like, yeah. Because like, I, I was deeply in Christianity um, when uh, when my mom died and now I I am I've been using the term lightly like atheist at at this point and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know 
kind of where you guys are at with that and how death right. affected and like the your relationship with religion or spirituality mm -hmm. or I know you were saying you kind of said yeah I kind of leaned to, into it yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but again like I, I feel kind of weird talking about it out loud because it's all like a I guess I've never I've never tried to talk about this hell uh, <laughs> and if you don't want to um, no no no, no I'm, I'm, I'm fine yeah. with it why yeah. no time like the present um <laughs> but like yeah like I said I was raised Catholic but like I wasn't practicing or like devout at the time my dad died like I think we had a like I think Catholicism from my experience of it it has a lot of traditions that to me border on superstitious mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. and I think that's I think it's beautiful I think yeah I think there's a lot yeah. a lot of mysticism to it and like a borderline magic that I think is really interesting oh. and will always have a like a really dear place in my heart for but like I felt like we were engaging in like last rites and like prayers in a way yeah. where it was like magical thinking, like mm. like this is going to be like really important. So I can't say that like it was a profound shift, but I do. There were elements of my like religious upbringing in it, like in my dad's death. Like mm -hmm. we definitely had priests coming and like things like yeah, that. Right, like that came right. up. We were very accepting of prayers and prayer cards and anything anybody wanted to send. Like we were very into it. But like for me, it became more about trying to understand like a more cosmic perspective and just kind of mm. leaning on pieces that resonated with me the same way yeah. that the same way that one might go through a quote book and find things that sound so, true yeah, cool. and sound yeah, things yeah. that sound true. Like, yeah. yes, I do believe that is true. Mm. Um, because like, you know, I, I also like, like, a, I'm, I like science. I like information. Like mm -hmm. I, I like things to feel tangible yeah. and real. And like, I would just go to things that made sense to me. And it probably put me down a more new agey path than I probably would have gone on on my sure. own. Mm -hmm. Like it yeah. probably just did yeah. because I found comfort in it. Yeah. And I and I also know that's why people like that's the same thing that's happening when somebody's on church on in church on Sunday. They they find it comforting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like it probably just sort of put me down a more like open to spirituality bent than I think I probably would have had I not gone through that traumatic experience. Interesting. Yeah. If I'm totally honest, like, I don't think I was ever going to be like super into like, you know, uh, like what would be said in a runic reading or like uh, right. an amethyst will help you sleep better. Like, I don't think I ever would have been really open to that beyond sure. like, yeah. sure, guys. Right. Like, I don't think I would have ever been open into it. And like now I'm yeah. kind of like, could be. I don't know. Yeah. Like, whoa, wow. <laughs> like sure. or just mm. kind of like, oh, OK, the brain's a very strange and mysterious place. Yeah. If that has given me clarity on my day to day. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Like yeah. we did it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of like what happened for me there is that like I don't think it brought me closer or further to a notion of God, but I think it mm. definitely put me in a more like spiritual bent. Like I just want to know more about this universe and where we are all coming from and where we're all going. I think it's and like the where are we going? Yeah. Mm. Where are we going? And like where does the spirit exist when the body does is it exist? And I think that was just like one of the more interesting things. Like I remember like the hospice nurses who were working with us in like the last few days of my dad's life were very like in no uncertain terms were like there's a soul and it leaves the body and they were like really just like talking to me as if they were talking about a function that would happen. And like, wow. it was so weird. Like, yeah. it was like, I kind of was like, ladies, like maybe, maybe we don't. But they right. were, they were so, they were so convinced of this that like, I was right. like, okay, what is that? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it? Somebody who does this all day. Yeah, somebody the people who... closest to death all the time. Right. Mm. And like, yeah. it is very weird. Like that moment, like mm -hmm. I was present for his death and it is a very weird 
moment. Mm. It is a very strange thing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar to birth. It, it, it's crazy mm. how similar, how profound Whoa. it feels. And like, but like, I can only say that I can only made the connection like as I was giving birth. I was like, I've done this before. Like, it had that same sort of like door opening feeling to it. Yeah. I don't know. And like, maybe I sound like a complete just like dowser, no. but like, I don't know. It just it made me more interested in different aspects of spirituality and more about what are the through lines that they're all talking about. Like, mm-hmm. what are the through lines that like that Jesus. Would, would show us? What are the through lines that Buddha would have shown us? What are the through mm-hmm. lines that we can all point to? Or yeah. just like somebody who's just real smart. Uh, right, like right, what's something right. that they would, like what would Kurt yeah. get point us to? Like I'm just yeah. curious, I'm more curious about like the unifying theories behind things and trying to find like that connectivity. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Loose rambling thoughts because I have not tried to articulate it before. <laughs> you did a great job. Dude, yeah. It. Nice. Thought, all right, guys. I feel yeah. like, I feel like, um, like Daniel and me, our experience would be the right grammar way to say that Daniel and I um, our experience coming from like Christianity Protestant Christianity of like the the belief structure in order to be there is so um, like yes or no kind of pretty rigid yeah yeah so like to pray for mercy and be met with sorrow like Mm. necessitated for me Mm. a deconstruction of like what is what is like my whole life I've sort of grown up with this idea of like we were saved and we have the promise of eternal life and when dad died and he was just gone and it was like so the whole like I, I there's this like song in Christianity that's like death has lost its sting. I think there's mm. also like a verse. Oh. Like, death has lost its sting. Everything uh. like screw you guys. Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't yeah. feel even yeah. close to this experience. And uh, like the idea of dad being in heaven was on one hand very alluring and on the other hand felt very much like magical thinking mm. and it was very mm-hmm. very hard to, for right. me to connect and I, I I sat very very still in the camp of doubt and anger and yelled a lot at God if there was any prayer at all Mm. but it yeah it changed my relationship with Christianity because like the premise is we're sinners you get saved you get eternal life Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the thing Mm -hmm. right and so I there's not a lot of like what do you do between the like the person dies and then the rest of us still miss them I don't know it was very disorienting and um, yeah. it it definitely sent me towards feeling like there just like can't be a god though, but also feeling like there has to be something, something. else, or I'm gonna I'm gonna just fall apart. Mm. Like I don't know if I can get I don't know if I can actually ever let go of this hope 
that God's holding my dad and we're gonna like embrace someday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think having that is, can, it can be like super comforting in a way. Like, yeah. Like, or. Totally, yeah. yeah. But just like comforting, but also like, can it really be? Like, yeah, right. He definitely died though. Right. Like definitely right. rotting in the ground. Yeah. Like right. totally inanimate. Right. Part of the dust. Yeah. It's yeah. a hard it's hard to like go through the paradigm shift of like knowing someone alive and knowing someone dead and then to try to conceptualize but my religion is telling me that they're like gonna be raised from the it's it's a very very confusing and difficult journey yeah if you're coming from for for me and i know a lot of i feel like there's a lot of christians that head into grieving their loved ones with like but they're in a better place they're no longer suffering mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of that now, yeah, now yeah. That, like their body has yeah. been restored right and i'm just like i just don't i i'm not maybe i'm gonna be there someday i'm not there now yeah. yeah. Maybe that was the stupid, painful stuff that people said to yeah. me. Yeah. And I think it was just, it's so commonplace mm -hmm. for Christianity people to. People don't know what to say. That's yeah. the reality. And they're just going to say what they And they want it to know. be better. Yeah. And if there's somebody who really believes that, like, if right, and then, like, right. and then, like, they're not, yeah. they're yeah. not even trying. They're like, isn't that great? And you're right. like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe not, though, right? Like, I'm open to the idea that maybe our energy transfers, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, hope my dad doesn't have to be a big, like, fat, bald Italian guy through all eternity. That would suck. <laughs> I hope he's just like some beautiful stardust somewhere, and our stardust will touch again. And like, yeah. right. <laughs> that oh, feels man. a little more peaceful. Yeah, and, yeah. Because I've even like had the he thought, had a big like. Nose. Like, <laughs> if, if I meet my mom in heaven, like, is it going to be, like, blissful for a week? And then we're going to start arguing again like we used to? Oh, you know, like, man. you know, yeah. like, that thought has crossed my brain. Mm. And. Like, it may be like, so good to see you, Dad. So the last thing we were fighting about. Right. Yeah, yeah right. Was, and I'm still sort of thinking about that. Today. Can I tell right you guys now. like one of the dumber things that I actually do and like this, you you are the first two people to ever know this? Yeah. My dad, the last book my dad recommended I read, I never read it. Okay. I keep it by my bed because if I ever find out I'm dying, I'm gonna read it so we'll have something to talk about. <laughs> and I just realized uh, that's why I've got it there because it was yeah. one of the last books he read, mm. and yeah. it's about, like the early settling of like Manhattan, like <laughs> it's called Island at the Center of the World. Like it's not even like a profound, like interesting book. Right, I'm, like, right, that right. sounds like it's gonna be a little boring. But, like we're gonna oh, we're gonna chat about man. what it would have been like sailing up the Hudson, Dad. We're gonna talk right. about that. Oh. Um, but like I just like that I have it. It's like all like I travel with it. Like it's like my book. Mm. And I've wow. never even like I've read the back, so I know what it's about. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's like you know that notion of like you're Are saying like, am I going to argue with my mom? I'm reading same. a book with my dad, and I've got like a fresh topic of conversation. <laughs> like not yeah. even like oh, I got to catch you up on the ten years of life you haven't seen. It's, it's like, like so oh. that book you recommended. So I read it. I read it. So horribly let's get, boring. Let's get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> let's jump yeah. right in. <laughs> yeah. But the Hudson, though. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. But but even to to follow that up, you know, there's the thought like. Man, I we might argue, but I wouldn't fucking care because I know what it's like for her to die and like yeah. be the farthest yeah. pos the possible mm -hmm. the 
farthest she could possibly be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And um, what would you argue about? Yeah, I know, oh, right? You, you yeah. Up, I'm like your girlfriend. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have this sense of like, uh, there was a lot unresolved when dad died for me. Like a lot of really, really painful loose ends. But I remember, like, say whatever you will about religion or God or how our souls connect. But like, I just remember feeling this sense of like, that doesn't matter anymore. And if he's his spirit exists he totally we are on a we are on a totally concurrent agreement like he gets it yeah and I'm okay and he loves like I, I just had this sense of like he has if he if he exists he has full understanding and we are okay mm. I've had very very similar thoughts to that I can absolutely yeah. re that absolutely resonates yeah. Can, yeah. Can tell me more. I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about yeah. it. Um, so like, it's funny to think about back on it now, but like, I was I was really struggling when my dad was dying, and like I really wanted him to, him to have hospice care because my mother wasn't in the picture, so like a lot of his care fell to my sister or myself, and yeah. predominantly to my sister because I just like was struggling so much at the time mm -hmm. that like and but she was like pregnant like and she was like do like taking care of like oh, somebody with colorectal cancer that's man, not pretty no. um and so like it was this really strifeful time mm -hmm. and i felt like my dad was really disappointed in me because like mm -hmm. i had really regressed into this like you're abandoning me kind of state mm -hmm. more than like let me be here for you dad i will take any day that we have like we did of course spend a lot of quality time i'm not minimizing that but there was this sure. undertone of like this is too much for me. Can we have hospice come in? And he was like, no, I want that like hope that I could be in a research program or like something will happen where like mm. I will, I will be helped. And mm. I was like, that's not coming. Can we get you real help? And then like, yeah. and like make sure you're comfortable and everything's safe. And like, I'm not going to go to work and come back and like you fell or something happened. Right. And so like, there was this undertone of like, he's mad at me. Like I, like, I remember when he first died, I was really afraid that he was somewhere mm. mad at me or mm. disappointed in me. And over time, I got to this place where that same notion of whatever had been happening, he would be in such an, if he is somewhere, consciousness-wise, somewhere in eternity, he would have full understanding of, like, our silly little human experience. Yeah. And he would know that I was doing my best and I was just scared. Yeah. Mm. And he would no longer be mad. Right. Because he couldn't yeah. be mad. Mm. Right. And it is so funny because, like, at some point, I did make the decision that he and I will see each other again someday. Yeah. And if that's true or not, my life will be better because I believe that. Like, mm -hmm. I will have more peace because part of me has shifted into, like, okay, maybe I won't see him with my eyes and we won't be in our bodily forms. Mm -hmm. But, like, at some point, like, if there is a cosmos, if there is a heaven, whatever that means, if it's, the, like, a more limited version, if it's a more expansive version, whatever it is, we are already past whatever our conflict was. Mm, like we're totally. already past it. Like if right. that is there, this surely did not matter. Yeah. Right. And so like, it's yeah. just kind of like, okay, cool. So if that's there, ergo, we're fine. Yeah. And like, he's not mad at me. I'm not mad at him. It will be mm -hmm. wonderful to see him. And we're just going to have to talk about this book, but it's going to be dull up there. <laughs> but like, um, uh, obviously there's no real logic here it's just like the, the no, grappling of being not. at peace with like a massive loss like there's probably yeah. going right. to be really right. logical incongruencies but like um, yeah that's sort of how I got there like if all things considered if there is a heaven if we all have moved on 
you can't be mad at me and our earthly strife does not matter. Yeah. And when I get there, I'll also be over it because yeah. I will have died. Um, so I think that's what it is. It's just like, I don't think I would ever, I, if, if all that happens, there will be nothing to argue about because mm. there's nothing left. Here's my theory. Yeah. Most of human conflict comes from our desire and impulse to survive. Yeah. And if Absolutely. we have died, yes. then there's no conflict. There's no. no like, there's like if you, since we're on the subject of religion, if you go back to like Christianity's origin of like Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. total provision. You don't even need clothing. All needs are met. You don't even yeah. need clothing. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. You get to friggin' lay on the grass in the sunshine. Like, you don't. You have no need. And that, like, rupture coming and it being like, you will now have to strive. You will fight against the earth. Right. And I think about most conflicts. I, I really do think, like, all conflict comes from this base place of each person just wants to live. Yeah. Yes. Human survival. And as our as our amenities and the comforts in our life evolve, the way that we survive evolves and survival starts to bring in things like entertainment as a part of my survival. Mm -hmm. uh, Art is a part of my survival. Uh, Having total intellectual perfection is part of my survival. Uh, Having relational bliss is part of my survival. So like, I you've already died. Yeah. Yeah, right. I just had this conversation yeah. recently that if your body is gone and your consciousness moves on, there's nothing to worry about because yeah. if all fear stems from the fear of dying. death, like of dying and that yeah. has already happened. And that's where I just I just don't know. And yeah. So maybe, right. I I I just made like really incredible leaps of thought to be like, I'm at most peace with that. Right, yes. And and you know what, if I'm wrong or right, it will not matter. Yeah, (laughs) right. Because if I'm totally wrong, that won't matter. And if I'm totally right. Right, right. (laughs) So I just go with what I feel about it. Yeah. And I would be totally happy to have somebody tell me that like it's just magical thinking, and I'm lying to myself to like. It's like, but as, it does make me feel as, better. As like though. a palliative measure for me to yeah. not to be less afraid of death yeah. or to be yeah. like okay with what happened to me. And I'll be like, yeah, that is what it is, and right. it's working. Yeah. So what? What now? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I I think for me in my theories, I what comforts me. Most is just saying, I have no clue. I, yeah, like oh, yeah, what no, and what happens after we die, and where we go, what happens. And I have my theories, like the one we were just talking about, and even the theory that, like the the most you can ever be at peace is to not think mm-hmm. and not see anything in front of you that could be of danger to you because we are we are like built for survival right and we're constantly like, searching almost for like sensory deprivation sort of yeah and the most sensory deprivation that you could ever have is to not exist huh and maybe huh. that's heaven hmm. is to just stop striving to stop striving and so and that's that's just a theory that I've had, and but I also just like 
just just have no clue. Yeah, oh yeah, just no, no yeah. clue. And, and for me, what I'm more interested in is like, how does that impact the way you process grieving, and the way you think about yeah. the fact that mom is gone. Right. It it allows me to dive into the grief more because hmm. going back to the comfort of religion and the right. belief that you could see someone after you die. Right allows you to not deal with the grief now because like I have a strong feeling that I could maybe never see her again. Mm -hmm. And maybe uh, I, I, I've experienced her in my dreams yeah, and that's a I whole other it. conversation. I yeah, I love I've that. had even the weird ones. I'm always really happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I've had some heavy ones, but I've had some very light, very beautiful mm -hmm. dreams. Same. And oh man, I hope those happen someday. Gosh. I've also had like the I nightmare, like a corpse nightmares. is chasing me uh, dreams. Like I've had those too. Like horrible. yeah, um, like I've some. They haven't all been good, but like man, when you have one of those ones, like especially when they're so normal, like you just mm. like you dream you went over to their house or something, yeah. and like just said hey, oh, I like have a better day after those ones. Yeah. I don't know what they are. Yeah, <laughs> and. I think, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like people have like experienced dreams much differently. Um, I've had people tell me that like it's real. I've had people be like, those are real. And right. I've had people tell me, it's like, oh, well, those are gonna be really helpful and it's your brain healing itself. Like I've had very scientific things said to me. I've had very spiritual things said to me. I don't, I don't know which one's right. Yeah. Like, if they were but, real, heaven help me. <laughs> uh, my dreams are not kind. Oh. Oh my gosh. Well, they, yeah, they, Not kind. and and I feel like they can be, my therapist said, don't worry too much about the content of the dreams, mm. more so the feeling of mm. the dream. Yeah. And the, what, what are you feeling in the dream? Are you feeling fear, sadness, yeah. guilt, remorse? Yeah. Or, I think I just always exist in the plane of like, he can't actually be gone. And I play through these scenarios in dreaming of like, Either trying to rescue, I am trying mm, to rescue uh -huh. for oh. hours of my dreams. Him actually being here, and a lot of the like logistics of my life not making sense because he still is, and like, but nobody else like, the logistics don't change. It, it's it's like so confusing. Like he's still here, but we're not gonna act like he. I don't know. It's bizarre. Whoa, whoa. Like, like my okay. mom got remarried. And I had, but he was still I would right. Have okay, this nightmare I follow. Okay, night after night that he was, he would show up, and I'd be like, Dad, Mom's getting married. Like, what are you what doing? What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Right. I have had yes, yes, I've had stuff like that too. Yeah. And then and then right. Dad being like, just like, well, I don't know. Mm. And it just being like. <sighs> Like no. you're yeah. still here and nothing else makes sense because you're still here, but but life is still happening. Mm -hmm. And I can't make peace with it in my subconscious. Yeah. I can't, I'm not, I, I don't think I've ever, ever hit acceptance. I'm like, I'm ever. currently trying I'm to think over. of like, how, what can I tell Allie to like, allow her to get to that place of having like, like, like a sweet a dream. Sweet dream. Mm -mm. And I just, I, Everything I've heard about dreams, even in the bereavement group, there was like no key to like no. having those. And I don't. 
No. You can't enjoy your dream content, like really. You like yeah. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. like dream about winning an Oscar later. Like <laughs> I can't right. you can't make that content happen. But I definitely had lucid dreams where yes, I have control yes. of myself and my actions and my dreams. Yep. And I can like make things happen in the dreams, but like never to my benefit though. Oh. Yeah. But like it doesn't ever doesn't ever do me any good. Like I, I have control, I have consciousness, but like doesn't really help. It's yeah. just more yeah, I, I, I've had a, a few lucid dreams with my mom in them, and... and I'm, like, it, jealous. Huh? <laughs> I'm, like, a little yeah. jealous. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, I know it's just a dream, but, like... Yeah, uh, but... Unless it was negative, and then I'm sorry. I'm jumping in on your story. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to... to um, I think that... All, all we ever know is our own experience and our own perception, right? Yeah, right. So, like, there are a million different versions of my mom, mm -hmm. like, to all different people, right? There are people right. that think that she's the kindest person on earth, and there's people that think she's a bitch, you know, yeah, because sure. of how she... They're, they're Right. Yeah. And But to me, you know, my, my fucking mom, she's, like, the best mom ever in the world, right? Like, mm -hmm. to me, because that was my experience. Yeah. And so when I experience her in my dreams... When I see her and I'm lucid dreaming, like, kind of to like, like argue that point that like it might be real. It's like, that's like all I've ever known is like my mm -hmm. perception of who she is. So like, when my brain reforms her in this dream, like, like now you're talking my language, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And so. Like, I, so I don't know if it's real, but I, I've had dreams where I realize, wait, mom's here, but mom died. Yeah. Like, what? And then I go and find her and like spend time with her, like talk with her for a while. And mm -hmm. we've, I've had like some crazy like conversations. Like one was wild where um, I had realized I was dreaming. We were in this, uh, uh, this house that we had rented as, as a family for a vacation one time. And, mm -hmm. and it wasn't like the exact replica of my brain right. of the house that we yeah. were in, but it was reminiscent you knew of what that. It was. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I found her and we met at, like at the front door face to face. And mm -hmm. so I was like this Aww. and the door was like right there. And, and I was like, mom, I was like, mom, I have to know, like, is this, is this dream like real or like what like uh, like do do you like still exist mm -hmm. and and she's yeah. like do you think that i only exist in this dream world oh shit mom. and i was like oh i was like mom you can't that was ask the most, me that that's the craziest yeah. possible response <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and then she i was like mom you can't ask that that's like not fair like i don't, don't know don't answer my question with a question like, <laughs> I just kept telling her, I was like, I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm very curious about that answer. Then yeah. she points to the door and she says, go open that door. You give me the goosebumps. Uh, yeah, I get goosebumps when I think about it. She says, go open that door and I'll show you that this is not, like, I don't just exist in this dream world. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go open the door. I was terrified. <gasps> Fucking terrified. <gasps> <laughs> and I woke up, and I've never like entered that 
dream again. And I'm like wondering, maybe someday, like I'll go open the door. Oh. You know, I'll see her again and I'll go open the door. I don't know. So that's where I'm just like. It makes me tear up. That's crazy. Um, I love her answer though. Right? I love it. Like as much as I'm like, oh no. Like, like it was a, yeah. it was a question. She right. didn't get yeah. like, it was, she was like giving but me. there's such like, an answer in that. Like if I were just reading yeah. this in like a novel, like somebody like, Rachel, here's a short story. Read it. Tell me what you think this means. Mm. I would, if I were to just like analyze that on the page, I'd be like, she's oh, she's telling you, you everything. The yeah. She's telling you absolutely everything with that question, which is that like, oh no. Like, right, like, I'm right, afraid of not. course. Like, if you right. really want to go look at the full truth, you may, but like, right. you really think this is it, is like right. basically what she's saying. Yeah. So, again, like, if this are just like a narrative device, that's what I would call that. That's beautiful. That's yeah. regardless, that's that gave me goosebumps. It's a wonderful wild. story. Yeah. Like, it's a wonderful, like, anecdote. Mm. There. What a dream. Yeah, it was. It's like, the most need intense to write one. That I've had. Story. Yeah. Like, you need to write that essay. It's beautiful. Well, Seriously. Well. Yeah. 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 Wild. Yeah. I think I, I've definitely journaled it, but I I think it would be cool to like make it like its own thing. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. here's like my new agey side. Where I'm like, See, she told you everything, man. Like it's all right there. <laughs> right. I love it. Um, um, but thank you guys so much for coming. Yeah. I I don't think that much about suffering or grief is changeable. No. Um, but I do think that loneliness is optional. Right. Yeah. Yep. Like, That's a very good point. Yep. Yeah. Like the only sort of controllable aspect of sorrow is like, are we going to be with each other and see sorrow play out and give hospitality to ourselves and others to be with our own sadness and to like invite, invite other people as they're grieving. And so thank you for being with me. Yeah. yeah thank you for having for us. Sure. This yeah. was just such a delight. Yeah. Yeah. You guys rad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to this two part episode. Uh, we're so thankful for those of you who are listening to the end. We're frankly surprised that you make it this far and also very honored that you would spend your time with us and spend your time listening to our stories and the stories of the guests that we invite. This episode definitely has a lot of Daniel and I in it because it was our first episode to record. So, um, Thanks for sitting through some redundancy. I hope the conversation leaves you feeling seen and that you connected with different parts of each of our stories and our tellings of loss. And um, we are coming to a close of our season one. And we've got one last episode. Um, we think it will be brief. <laughs> We're planning to recap over all of the episodes we've had so far and kind of chat about what we have coming up for season two. We already have a very full list of guests, so we're very excited um, and very thankful to be at the end of this season that you have been here with us and we are looking forward to more later this year, probably much later. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, 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 uh, it might take some time to, to get this next season posted. Um, and uh, lastly, I just want to thank Rachel so much for being so candid and vulnerable, not only uh, over a microphone, but also um, in, uh, front of camera. in front of a <laughs> camera. And um, oh. yeah, and just forever grateful for that conversation, Rachel. So thank you. As always, you can connect with us on Instagram at what they don't ask. There's a period between each word, or you can email us at WTDA podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This has been What They Don't Ask. Mm-hmm.